Hi, I'm Fran Brill, and you're listening to a podcast where nostalgia comes alive. It's Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. Roll it. Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, where nostalgia comes alive. Happy to be here with us, Dick of Joying. As always, I'm your host, Jake Duffenbaum, who is always our co-host, Chris Bixby, and Matt Bingo. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Doing great. Hello, everybody. Glad you're with us. How are you, Jakey? I'm doing great, Matt. Thank you for asking. Fantastic. What do we have for today? Yes, again, happy you're here with us, folks. Our guest today is a puppeteer, writer, and director. You probably know him from his work with the Muppets, where he performs the characters Pepe, Dr. Teeth, the Swedish chef, Rolf the dog, and many others. He also puppeteered on Dinosaurs, The Animal Show. He originated Elmo's dad, Louie, on Sesame Street for a couple years, and a whole bunch of other projects we'll be uh, touching base on later. Please welcome to the show, Bill Beretta. Bill, happy to have you here. Hey, hi. <laughs> How you guys doing? We're doing good. Doing fantastic. <laughs> doing, doing great. Great. <laughs> Good awesome. to see you guys. <laughs> Good to see you too. <laughs> you yes, you too. Up close Likewise. and personal. Yeah, yeah literally. Just... <laughs> Did you guys see me all right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course. Okay, great. <laughs> yes. So before we're gonna um start things off, I'm um, some of your uh um colleagues that, that you want me to tell me that that that, that they say hello to you, uh, Bruce Lenoro, Alan Schramman, Michelle and Sisty, and Kevin Carlson. They say hello. So sorry you have to deal with these people. <laughs> actually bruce was our very first guest of course it's all about him <laughs> uh so you know we're from the same uh town oh really really yeah we wow. had no idea we we worked on the first thing we ever met on was on dinosaurs and uh we soon not long after discovered that um we were both from willingboro new jersey Oh wow! And wow. and we went to the same doctor as a kid. Our general practitioner was the same doctor, and was actually a family friend of ours because we lived right behind his office in their house. And so my our parents became very friendly. But yeah, uh, Bruce uh, would go to uh, <laughs> to see Doctor Workchafter, and um, yeah, so we're from the same place, same same water. <laughs> awesome. So. So to start this off, could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and like like who you are and what you do? Ooh. Uh sure. I uh, what do I do? Well, I wiggle dollies. Uh I love to create characters. I've been with the Muppets for well, I've been with the I should say with Henson Henson World for 30 years. Uh over 30 years maybe now. Uh, but I started working with the Muppets really around 94, 95, you know, started doing some background characters, assisting a little bit on dinosaurs, although I was inside of Earl most of the time. Um, I did a couple little things there, but um, and then uh, just started assisting a little bit and a couple background characters. And and then I guess I got my real training ground on a, a show called The Animal Show. 
uh, where it was like uh, a conveyor belt of characters. And the way we shot it, it was a three camera shoot. We had the most amazing director who was the director on uh, The Muppet Show, Peter Harris. Oh, wow. uh, he was he was the director of that. And um, it was really challenging for me because I had never really worked for th- on a three camera shoot. Hmm. Fortunately, Dave Goles and Steve Whitmire were the hosts and helped me along. But but ba- but if I don't know if you've seen the show, but they the host area is kind of like an alcove where they were. It was kind of like a half moon uh, area, and that's where Jake and Stinky were. And then the guests would come to that area. Well, inside, underneath, we pasted up or taped up all of the dialogue for the shows. And then our monitors were below that. And it was, <laughs> we would simultaneously do the scene, but then the footage would come up that they played in real time because we would go to real footage and we would comment on that and talk about that. Uh, so it was just a huge learning thing for me to be able to follow the script, play the character, uh, watch the cameras change, be able to adjust quickly case i was looking off the wrong way and this camera came on i had to adjust a little bit quickly you know to so that it felt like he was looking in the right place it was just a just a huge schooling experience for me uh and it was almost like okay here comes let's do the giraffe character okay uh, okay next next puppet okay now <laughs> you know we just keep going uh, i think we did like two and a half shows a day or something or a, mm. i can't remember it's a lot uh, and so from there, then Henson just uh, uh, would ask me to come and do some more, and I got to know the guys, some of the some of the main core performers from Dinosaurs, Kevin Clash and Brian, of course, and uh, Dave Goals, and I did Earl together the first season. Um, Steve Whitmire, of course, uh, you know, so it was just filled with these amazing people, and we just got we got along, we had fun, and we would do characters and play around all the time. And so that's, I guess why they kept me around and asked me if I wanted to do something else. Uh, and so I ended up doing treasure Island and uh, oh. a char- character named clueless Morgan. Beautiful uh, movie. Love that movie. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. I love it too. I love yeah. it too. It was my first movie ever that I ever did. Um, and I, you know, clueless didn't have a lot of dialogue in the script, but uh, right. I improvised a lot, so he got his moments in there. <laughs> um, and so just from there, I I, uh, I don't know, I just kept working with them, and somehow, I don't even remember how it happened, but I ended up performing Rolf in the tavern in, in Treasure Island. He hadn't been used since Jim passed. Uh, I did The Swedish Chef in Treasure Island, Um and those just somehow became characters that I started to do. And and then, uh, sorry, is this going on way too long? Am I just rambling and rambling? No, you're you good. asked, yeah, you no, asked you're me good. to tell them who you're, I am. So you're, yeah. you're good. You're good. You're good. This is I what our podcast to, is about. I didn't even go back to when I was a kid. That's probably where I should have started. But um, uh, And so then, uh, oh, so after Treasure Island, we had a workshop that we did. Um, where we were coming up for new characters because they were going to do the show Muppets tonight. And so they were trying to find some new characters and 
I remember Frank Oz was involved with us in doing that and interview. We'd, we'd get the characters and go up in front of a camera, grab a puppet, and Frank would interview them, you know, and we'd just make shit up. And can I say shit? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, I don't know. From there, we just, I don't know. Just, I got a few characters on Muppets Tonight, and um, I just love being around these people and doing what we do and um it's it's almost like what i did as a kid you know i mean my brother was the one who always got us to do everything and he was the most creative person that i knew and so he would figure out oh we're going to do this today and we're going to do that today and and he would put me in these things and so it was always just about playing and that's kind of what the muppets have always been about is playing you know if it gets too serious and what's the point you know it's not not fun so anyway is that enough i don't know take that (laughs) and you mentioned um um up at tonight and the cool thing about that is that's where one of our good friends uh leslie carr rudolph really got her uh another terrible person another (laughs) terrible person just i don't know why you associate yourselves with these people Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something about Leslie Carrera. So Brian Henson and I were auditioning people for the show. And, you know, of course we had a list of people and she came in and I don't know if you've ever seen her do her kind of, I don't know how long it is exactly, but about two minutes maybe of the wizard of Oz. You ever seen yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. So that's what she came in and she did. And I was just, blown away you know i thought how could how could we not have her join us and so we that was it yeah we were like we've got to have leslie she had never puppeteered before uh but kevin clash worked with her all the time and sometimes he would sub in for her and she would do the voice of a character as she was learning um but uh yeah she was just phenomenal i had never seen anything like it you know and uh and she's insane so it just fit per- she fit perfectly you know she's wonderful yeah yes. phenomenal absolutely oh yes so now what kind of like inspire you that you want to get into the puppetry field um well honestly i never thought i was going to be in the puppetry field it was never on my mind that wasn't something i ever thought i was going to do Hmm. uh i wanted to be an actor and so that's what i pursued i pursued you know this thing as myself not not with puppets there there was a very short period of time where my brother decided that we were going to make puppets and do something with puppets and so he took it upon himself to write to jim henson this is in i think 1974 uh and Jim asking how to make a Muppet. <laughs> and Jim wrote back. He sent instructions. We got instructions on how to make a Muppet. And uh, so that's what we did. We spent some time creating some puppets. My cousin, excuse me, my cousin Gary and my brother Gene and I, uh, I helped them, basically. They're both older than me, but I helped them. And then my aunt, uh, my our aunt Kathy, she was a deaf mute teacher in New Jersey. And so we would go to her school and do puppet shows for the kids, you know? Um, 
And what we what was amazing was it ha all had to be set to music. We couldn't really do the dialogue, right? So what we did was we did uh, we they would take at that back then there were big speakers, so we would take the speakers and we would lay them flat on the floor so the kids could feel the vibration to the music and feel the beat, you know, to 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 get what the characters were doing. So we were doing the kind of thing that I guess Jim was doing early on, which everything was set to music. Right. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I never thought about that actually until just now. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so we did things to music, uh, for them. And then I never thought I would ever be involved with it ever again in my life, you know? Right. So my passion has always been acting and creating characters. I studied with an old famous acting teacher, a guy named Sanford Meisner in New York city for my acting. Uh, if you've ever heard of the Meisner technique. <laughs> uh, he's one of the original original kind of creators of the of techniques of acting nice. um, and so I got a chance to work with him and so that's where I was that's what I was studying and when I moved from New York to California Brian 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 Henson and I became friends when we were 17 but uh, we kept in touch over the years and he came out to do dinosaurs and I said oh god can I pull some cables and you know, how do I get around it? I was just, I wanted to be an actor, you know? And he said, well, you can audition maybe. I don't know if you're into this, but we have these characters that are in suits and I don't know if you're into that. We did the Ninja Turtles kind of like it. Would that be something you're interested in? I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, whatever, I don't care. Uh, and so I went and auditioned and that's how I got connected to the puppet world that started off as a human puppet or, a, you know, a full-size puppet. Uh, and then transitioned into hand puppets. Absolutely. And Dinosaurs is such a great show. A lot of puppeteers. And I remember seeing uh, back then the uh, Dinosaurs reunion episodes you did on the Beretta Brothers. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are really funny. That's right. Yes. So many people, you know, yeah. involved. I was so happy to get all those folks to come on and, and just be there. You know, all the amazing writers, all the writers that came out of Dinosaurs that went on to create other great things. Um it was a phenomenal show. You know, Kirk Thatcher's designs are unbelievable. You know, he created these characters. Uh, um, it was just a great show to be on. It just, and I, I, we still get together and play poker when we can. And oh. some of the some of the guys, that guy Beelan Oil, he kind of messes everything up. And, but no, Mich Michelin Sisti and uh, uh, you know a lot of the guys that were on the show, we still get together and try and have lunch every so often. Julian Busher was great on the show. Terry Harden. I mean, so many great people came out of that show. Absolutely. And I'm kind of curious. So are there like any interesting like mishaps you can share from working on dinosaurs? Because I'm sure there must have been a bunch. Well, uh, yeah. There's a <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you one just about myself. So the first season. Uh, so I could see out of the mouth. Right. That was the only way that I could see. Uh, there was no hole out of his chin or in the chest. My eyes were the level of his mouth. And so the only time I could see is when he would talk. And uh, so you can imagine. So this jaw, his jaw rests kind of around here on my sh almost near my neck. Right. Mm -hmm. And in the first season, there were supports that helped take some of the weight in the front. They came up from behind and they helped take the weight and allowed me to to move him right well 
for some reason, the jawline, this, this fibro, um, what's it called? Um, I want to say fibromyalgia, but that wouldn't be right. Uh, the, uh, uh, what's it called? What is that stuff called? Oh, anyway, like a, it's a hard material, right? That the shell, the structure of the, of the head is made of. And um, okay, yeah. it, when I would turn my head, it would go into my, my artery here and I would pass out, right? Mm -hmm. So I would turn my head and I'd go, oh, <laughs> and I would faint. <laughs> That's I would funny. faint inside my, inside my suit and Dave Goals would be like, hello, Bill, 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 we're still shooting, Bill. And then I would come uh, out of it and get him out of there, get him out of there. And they would come and they take the head off, you know, and I would like, whoa, what happened? So I had to figure it out because it happened a couple of times and I thought, well, this can't keep happening. So uh, we did a test, uh, you know, I was like, okay, everybody, okay, here we go. We're going to try it. We're going to see if when I turn my head, if it, okay, get him out of there, get him out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we figured out that that's what it was. I said, I think it's when I turn my head, it cuts off the artery. And so we figured that out. So we got through that. Uh, another fun one was you can imagine how hot it gets in this thing, right? And mm -hmm. everybody's carrying a load of weight, whether it's on your head or your body. We're in this these suits for at least. I mean, we shot a lot of hours. We shot at least, I think, 14 hours a day. And I'd say we were out of our suits. We have lunch and maybe two out of those, you know, 14, maybe some a little more. Uh, but we were in them a lot. We rehearsed in the suits. We tried to get out when we could. And it improved as the show went on because everybody got more familiar and there was a, you know, a way of getting through the day everybody knew when what we needed more and how, and we figured out what we needed um but uh every once in a while you know you wouldn't feel so good and uh leaf tilden who played robbie he was inside the costume robbie he was also donatello and ninja turtles i'm sure you guys oh yeah leaf mm -hmm. um yep. i was sitting waiting we we're waiting i was in earl my mouth was open i was sitting just waiting up in the set, looking around. And I'm watching, and by the way, he and I live together. So um, we used to have a lot of parties and stuff. We had a lot of fun. So uh, I'm watching him and he's he's kind of like this. He's, he's in the head, by the way, he, so he could see out of the neck, right? So his mouth was up here and he could see out of the neck. So his mouth was in the neck, the, his face was in the neck. And so he was leaning over like this. I'm thinking, oh man, I hope he's, you know, I hope he's okay. And we could all hear each other. We had, I don't know if anybody's ever mentioned this, but we all had headphones and microphones. So I could communicate with my puppeteer. I could communicate with another actor next to me in another suit, right? So everybody, if the whole family was there, you had 12 voices going. Um, so I'm watching and I'm thinking, oh, is he okay? Are you okay, Leif? I don't know. I don't know. I said, oh, gee, I don't think Leaf feels too good. And all of a sudden I see Leaf go like this to, to Robbie's neck. His hand goes over Robbie's neck, right? Which is where his mouth is, where Leaf's mouth is. But the hand goes to the neck. <laughs> and I can hear. <laughs> and 
And I'm going, he's throwing up. He's going to throw up. Take his head off. He's going to throw up. And so they grab his head. They unsnap it. They're trying to get it off. They finally pull it off. And from my view, you know, if you can just imagine just this, right? Mm-hmm. I see him. They pull the thing off and he just goes, pah! It's like <laughs> spray into a bucket. You know, they had a bucket ready. Oh, my gosh. Um, so he, uh, yeah, he, that was the worst. I think anybody got sick that I remember. Uh, he just oh couldn't God. keep it in anymore. Yeah. Mm. There are all kinds of hazards, you know, you're getting air. Uh, it was just very hot, sweaty. You know, we drank a tons of water. My costume had a hole under Earl's butt, like a butt hole that they would stick a big fan, like a hand fan about this size. You know, it's like about that that big and that around and they put that in the hole and reverse it so it would suck the air all the hot air out right so they'd open the mouth and they go and the air would come through i was like oh yeah and it would go down through and get all the hot air out of there lots of weird stuff lots of weird stuff (laughs) Uh, such a great show yes it is it's a good show Mm -hmm. yeah do you have any like uh, I was just uh, quickly going to ask, do you have any favorite episodes? Yeah. Hmm. I think I love the Nuts to War one. That was a oh, two-parter. Yeah. Uh, boy, that's hard. I like the last episode. I think season three had some good episodes. I feel like they we hit our stride everybody was just in sync like you you know we like in my first season as earl i thought i was terrible my my gestures were all too big you know it was just too much and i'm working with these other seasoned guys who've been doing this and i'm took me a while to learn you know even though i studied acting less is more i'm thinking i'm in this suit and I can't really tell right away how it's, you know, uh, what it looks like from the outside. Even though I watched playback, it wasn't, I wasn't getting it. So my first year I thought was all just too big and floppy. And and then into the second and third season, and I guess fourth, yeah. Uh, I think it just honed in and got better and better. And for everybody, because we, had, some people, we had new performers come in and, a guy named Tony Prince became uh, Fran after some people who tried to hang in there. It was just a lot really hard to do. Uh, so they were replaced. Um, but yeah, everybody just got great, really good, you know, and really easy. And, and you, you didn't have to, everybody knew what each person knew what they were thinking with their partner. It wasn't a lot of, Oh, can we, try that again i thought you were going to do this and that everybody was just in sync really well and and did great performances everybody was so good definitely anyway jake you can go ahead with your uh question yeah thank you chris so uh you also puppeteered various characters on the animal show can you talk a bit about that um i wish i could remember some of them i i i know i did the uh was he a chicken hawk? Yeah, was he? I remember. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? See, I'm looking, looking at it right now. Armstrong the chicken hawk. Armstrong, thank you. Armstrong, yeah. 
he was fun to do because he was very still. I had fun doing him because he didn't have to do a lot. And I wanted to try, you know, seeing if I could still perform a character that was very kind of still and didn't have a lot of movement, you know, because everybody's tr always trying to keep it alive and do big things when you're talking, you know, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I just wanted to try and simplify it for, for myself and see if I could do that. So I really like doing him. Um, I also got to work with amazing people, Louise Gold and, uh, you know, of course I said Dave and, and Steve, um, Mac Wilson was on there, Karen Prell, uh, amazing. Mike Quinn was on there. Uh, uh, oh gosh. Um, oh, uh, uh, uh. oh no. That's terrible. I'll think of it. Um, uh, so, and we had great writers. Jim Lewis was on there. Jocelyn Stevenson. Oh, yeah. Great. Just a great show to work on. Um, but characters, I, the only thing I can tell you about characters is that I had to do so many different ones over these seasons. I think I did, I don't know how many total, maybe 25 or 30. I don't even know. Um, but I do so many that it was my, it was a lesson in <laughs> how am I going to take, how am I going to do all these voices? And it really was about character. It wasn't about voice, right? So everybody first goes to, how do you do the voice? Well, the voice is not the thing. It's part of it. And, every, and most people are drawn, right? Auditorily, that's what they, they want to connect with is the sound. What do they sound like? But what's behind the sound is the character, right? So, um, so I ended up doing things like, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to make some of this up, these animals, because I don't think uh, they won't be right. But let's say there was a, a gorilla. Right, uh, and the gorilla, maybe I wanted to do like a little bit of this kind of, like maybe a little Marlon Brando like this. And, but, and maybe he's just miserable. And then I thought, okay, yeah, I do more kind of, and then, okay, what am I going to do with this, uh, this penguin? And I, after going through like a run of all the voices I thought I could do, now the penguin became a, a little bit of a higher Marlon Brando. So it was more up here, you know, but his <laughs> attitude was a little different. It was more excited, you know? And so it became about levels, uh, octaves, <laughs> you know, yeah. vocally, uh, to help me just change that a bit, but still being about, you know, the character and what the attitude is, you know, and learning about how to create attitude with the body, you know, with the behavior of the puppet. Right. So it's not just, I'm, I'm the angry guy and I'm going to talk like this, right. It's I'm the angry guy. And I'm going to talk, you know, you, there's attitude and how, characters are you know so it was about figuring out how do i manipulate i'm still learning how to do this thing back then i'm still learning now but um but figuring out how to to manipulate these puppets so that they look alive so that they look like they have weight you know that they're not just floating around that that they're really standing there uh you know it's it's all of that stuff that these guys taught me over a long period of time and me just trying to trying things, you know. Of course, definitely. Absolutely. So working with the Muppets for the first time, do you remember what your first project was with them? Uh just a, a, a even just totally solely Muppets. Mm-hmm. Uh I think 
it was a Kokomo video for the oh Abid, yeah uh, Beach oh, Boys yeah. Kokomo. That's right. Uh huh. I think I think I did some background characters in Kokomo, and then the fairy tale one. Uh, oh, you guys know what that was called? Muppet Classic Theater. Muppet Classic Theater. Thank you. Yes, and that one I think was the first time I had a little feature bit where I was one of the elves, the Elvis elves. So I was the lead Elvis elf. I I sang the the song, or at least the front man for the song. Um. It was the first time I worked next to Frank Oz in the puppet world. Um, uh, he's such an asshole. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so yeah, so I got to work with him. Actually, on Dinosaurs, he gave me the best note ever I ever got on Dinosaurs. Remember, I was talking about how I was too big and um, just uh, my gestures and everything. And so he came over to me at one point. He came to visit the set. And uh, he was like, I think you're doing great. He said, but, you know, every once in a while, reach up and touch your face, touch Earl's face, and rub his chin. You know, people people do this every once in a while, or they scratch their head for a second, or they got a little itch. Connect your body. What's It doesn't feel like your head is connected to your body. Everything you're doing is great, and it works, but they feel a little separate. And so once I started doing that, you know, I would lean on his head some or scratches for a second. It just brought it all together, you know. Great note. Just a great note. Absolutely. Yeah. So now uh, one of your earliest jobs with the Muppets was one of the Muppet movies, Muppet Treasure Island. That's right. <laughs> so what was, that, what was that experience like for you getting to be a part of that? Oh, it was a dream. I'd never worked on a movie, you know? So the fact that I was going to work on a, an actual movie was a dream come true. I was going to work with the Muppets, <laughs> work with my friends who, who have become now my friends, do a character for the first time in a movie and be in England shooting a movie with Tim Curry you know, uh, oh my gosh. I mean, it was just a dream. I couldn't imagine any other place to be. I just, I thought, this is it. What else do I have to do? You know, this is all. I, I'll be happy. I'm done. Um, unfortunately, I had to drive into work every day with Kevin Clash, who just does not know how to drive and uh, <laughs> would hit everything. He, uh, you know, being on being on the opposite side of the road was, of course, that's always a challenge for us Americans, but he's just the worst. And so all of my time was being in the passenger side as things would get really close. And I was just going, OK, go, you know, and then the, he'd hit something, oh my his gosh. car. But by the end of the by the end of the film. He had both uh, rear view mirrors were broken off uh, on each side on the doors <laughs> and bumps, scratches. Every time we would pull into the, the stage, uh, each uh, parking spot had a metal pole, you know, in front of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hit the thing. 
hit the thing every morning. Oh my hit gosh. The pole. It was unbelievable. Oh, Kevin. That was part of my experience on Treasure Island. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I, I just saw Kevin Bishop uh, on, uh, what is today? Today is Wednesday. I saw mm-hmm. Kevin Bishop on Friday, last Friday. Oh, wow. He, he was in town. Nice. Uh, we had nice. dinner, Kirk, Kirk Thatcher and my wife, Christina, and Kevin and I had dinner. Uh, he's a great guy. Great guy. And boy, was he something on that movie. I mean, not only just super talented, but he was like, um, how do you describe it? He was just this whirlwind of energy everywhere. He was just everywhere. Where's Kevin? You know, uh, has anybody seen Kevin? Boing, he come down like from above, swinging from something. <laughs> you know, uh, he and Tim Curry, uh, Tim was very patient. You know, Tim was like, all right, where's Kevin? You know, hey, Tim, and he's swinging Tim from Curry above. Impression, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, oh, you should hear Kevin do the uh, Tim Curry impersonations. They're very good. Um, but Tim was very patient and, uh, and just magical to watch. I mean, to watch him, he wanted to, even though, uh, we all pre-recorded our songs. If, uh, if you remember the song, a professional pirate, do you guys remember that song? Yeah, yeah. I do. Well, oh, you're yes. a professional pirate, right? Yep. Uh, he wanted to do it live because he felt that you feel that. Right. People will know that they're really experiencing that. And so just to be there with that happening was was just amazing, you know, to experience that. Absolutely. He's an amazing guy. Lovely guy. So um, kind of going back to uh, Muppets tonight, uh, when during your time on there, you developed some of your own characters, including Pepe, of course, that I mentioned, uh, Johnny Fiamma and Bobo the Bear. How did. How did you kind of uh, develop those characters? Uh, they're all based on uh, people that I know and uh, and exaggerations of them, you know, uh, trying to find the thing that, I don't know, that might entertain people, but taking their characteristics and uh, and just kind of raising it a little bit so it becomes a little more comedic, but also still also just rooted in reality that's my thing like i've just always wanted to create characters that are first rooted in reality right so there is real they have a real place they live in a real place you know they're not just uh they're not just a character they all have a backstory which is actually another frank oz note that i got years ago you know if you're creating a character ask yourself a lot of questions about the character do they right. pick their nose you know <laughs> what do they have for breakfast where do they live? What size shoes do they wear? Uh, how often do they shave? I, all these things, right, over time helps you develop the characters and to become them instantly, I think. You don't have to think about who it is, right? You just can then say, okay, this is this is what this is right now. This is who I am. Uh, and so in those three cases, Pepe is based on my wife's aunt. Maybe you've heard some of these stories. I don't know. Uh, my wife's aunt, her mother's sister is from Madrid, Spain. Uh, she's a very mischievous, funny, <laughs> uh, little, you know, uh, life's a little bit about her. 
she's not here she's passed away uh but um i just she's such a great character i just couldn't i just love this lady we used to laugh all the time she would tell me stories she didn't speak a lot of english but she would start off say bill bill when, when we go to the and then she would go into Spanish and just start laughing and then I would just because it was contagious I would start laughing so we were just laugh together all the time I don't know what the hell she was saying to me but we were laughing uh, and uh, so I was with Kirk Thatcher we were talking about um, so some new character ideas and I was saying I wanted to try something uh, maybe like Christina's aunt and Kirk Kirk met her aunt in in uh, in England as well mm. so he knew her a little bit and he was kind of doing an impersonation of her and we were going back and forth and we were talking about her character and I was telling him I was saying well you know she's mischievous and she's a little shelf uh, selfish and he went wait what what did you say shellfish he said maybe Maybe he's a crab or a, a lobster or a shrimp, you know? And and that's how it, this idea of him being a, a king prong came out. Because I, I also then, this is the part I think where I uh, added a little bit and elevated a little bit. I gave him an e right, a big ego, right? And also an insecurity, which was he's insecure about his size. So he's a king prong, you know? He's not a shrimp. He's a king prong, okay? Yeah, it's bigger. It's more important. Okay, it's big. I'm a king prawn. Um, uh, did you guys ever see? Uh, I don't know if it's even. I don't know if you can Google it. Have you guys ever seen Pepe on Craig Ferguson? There was a show called the Craig Ferguson Show. I think I have. I think I have seen I it. Think not I in have. a while. He was on there twice. The, the first time he went on, I think he he was promoting a a book. Yes, yes, and I don't remember what the book is the name. Oh, okay. uh, it's the, the book is uh, it's hard out here for a shrimp. Yes, that's right, that's right. But but during the interview, Craig said, "No, well, maybe no. You know what? I think the first time he was on, he was promoting Muppet Treasure Island. No, no, not uh, Muppets Tonight. I think. And he said, Pepe, have you ever done any other acting? You know, any, any other shows or anything or films? And Pepe said, See, I was in a Forrest Gump, and he said." Really? What, what did you play in Forrest Gump? He said, I was a shrimp 451. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, a shrimp. He said, really, a shrimp? But was that difficult? Because you're, uh, you're a king prawn. And right. Pepe said, Pepe said, it's called acting, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, this attitude, you know, this guy, this attitude I added in, but uh, the laugh and the voice and the wanting to he uh, her, her aunt um, was a bit of a kleptomaniac. She liked to take things, you know. She would like see be in a restaurant and things would disappear into her purse. Uh, but she was so she was amazing, just an amazing woman. And then, sorry, I'm running on too long. But Johnny Fiamma is based on my father and my grandfather, kind of combined. Uh, my father played. Frank Sinatra every Sunday on the radio when we were in the car. Um, uh, he loved to sing, my dad. Um, he was a good singer, actually. Uh, he was from Philadelphia and Camden, New Jersey. Uh, so he had a little bit of a you know street thing. He grew up with the, the Rat Pack days in the 50s. And, 
Um, and my grandfather, just uh, who also Italian, they're both Italian American guys. Um, similar, my grandfather loved music, he was a great dancer. Uh, but he had like the friends, the peripheral friends that maybe, you know, you shouldn't associate with. Uh, and, uh, but he also had great sayings that didn't always make sense. You know, like he would say, uh, like take, take phrases and flip them. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just, I'm just talking out loud right now, you know? which is normally it's, I'm just thinking out loud, but my grandfather would say, I'm just talking out loud. Uh, so anyway, I took that, that kind of education that he had and applied that to Johnny in a way, you know, in a sweet way. Uh, and also then I again, actually I took the thing and I raised it a bit because they weren't egotistical guys, but I gave Johnny that Johnny needed that. And I think that happened because Brian, uh, had sal and, and sal put johnny on a pedestal that became our dynamic you know i think brian's the one who was like yeah what do you need johnny what is it johnny you know i get johnny fiamma coming true you know uh i think that's how i got to the point of johnny thinking he was very important even though he was just he lived at home with his mother still you know and uh doesn't get big gigs uh and then bobo is um probably just the most like me you know, just, uh, just, uh, uh, I don't know, happy that he's not, you know, in a zoo, that, that he's allowed to be out <laughs> walking around in public, uh, and just grateful, you know, grateful to, to be with these, this group and he'll, he'll do whatever you ask kind of thing. You know, what do you need? Right. What do you, need? Uh, you got it, sir. <laughs> Definitely. Very well. So I, I'm curious, who are some of your favorite celebrity guests to work with on Muppets Tonight? On Muppets Tonight? Mm -hmm. I was uh, in love with Michelle Pfeiffer. She was dreamy, you know, uh, and so good. I think I was I think I was in love with the fact that she just straight out acted with the puppets forgot we were there down below and just could relate instantly to the characters and played to them as a real actor would, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, these are puppets and I'm going to pretend to be working with pup. You know, she was just amazing, just amazing to watch work. Um, Tony Bennett. It was uh, a dream. For so me. Uh, yeah. Just a dream. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard this story. I feel bad because I feel like maybe I tell these stories too much. But uh, the first scene that we did, Johnny is a collector of Tony Bennett memorabilia. And his prized possession is a Tony anima, animatronic Tony Bennett that's in a box in his room. And so we put Tony in this cabinet, you know, so it looks like one of those, um, you know, the, 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 the uh, those machines you go up to and you, get a you put a coin in and there's a, a fortune teller in there yeah, yeah you know and they tell you for so it's kind of like that he's in one of those and uh and johnny has to go over and press a button and they're supposed to do a little song together and 
I was the first time working with Tony Bennett. They put him in the box. I had met him already, you know, but uh, this was the first time I'm going to do something here. And and so I go, Johnny goes up to the thing and I hit the button and Tony sings. The thing comes on. He goes, I left my heart in San Francisco. And he freezes and I'm supposed to say something. And I just start crying. Tears just start coming out of my eyes. Aww. And everybody's looking at me, waiting for, for Johnny to do his line. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't move. And then they cut, you know. Uh, so that was a just a huge moment that I would be working with Tony Bennett. And and then like we became friends and we kept in touch over the years and uh just amazing. You know, just amazing. yeah, and he was on the Macy's parade years later too. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he uh, when he was on Muppets Tonight in his trailer, they have a they had a, a television so he could see what we were shooting on stage until he had to come in, and uh, he drew. He's a great artist. I don't know if you guys would know that he's a painter and beautiful, beautiful artist. And so he has a sketchbook that he travels with, and he drew Clifford and Johnny and Sal in his sketchbook and he came and he asked Brian and Kevin and I to sign it and I was like excuse Aww. me what <laughs> so sign we want me us to sign that what uh he's like yeah come on you can do it you know and uh so we each signed it and um about five years later I went to see him in concert and went backstage and he had his book there, his sketchbook, and he still had it. He goes, remember this? You know, I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. He goes, yeah, I want you to have it. And he gave it to oh. me. Yeah. So I frame it. can't see it, but it's around the side here. It's framed. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Beautiful. little pencil sketch. That's great. That's amazing. So, oh, my God. So sorry. Tony Bennett, Michelle Fiverr. There's just, wait, there's so many. Right, we had oh. great guests. Prince yeah, yeah. was like a whole Prince. Other thing. Uh, yes. Prince, yes, you know, like don't go near Prince, don't look at him, right? Don't interact, da, da. and uh, of course, you tell me that that's the first I just go, you know, hey, right. how are you? Nice to meet you. you know? <laughs> and all the bodyguards, are, like, you know, coming in, and yeah. he was so sweet, quiet, sweet to himself, sitting on he had a big white parka on, sitting in his chair. And then when it was time to go on, he went up and boom, just magic. Just like you just wanted to like marry him, anybody, everybody. Like, I want to be near Prince. <laughs> he was unbelievable. Magnetic. Magnetic. Um, you know. Absolutely. But Sandra Bullock and Don Rickles. And I mean, it just wow. goes on. We had so many great guests. Billy Crystal, Martin Short. Uh, Captain Kangaroo, you guys probably don't uh, have the thing that I do with Captain Kangaroo, but that was like my childhood, you know. Uh, 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 George Takai, uh, William Shatner, just the list goes on and on. It was amazing. We had such an amazing casting. And and our producer, Martin Baker, longtime producer with Henson, I think he was a big part of getting these names. He's phenomenal. Uh at, at just you know making people feel good and, and 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 has just a way about him that people go yes of course martin we'd love to you know uh it's yeah. a special gift 
That's great. So, yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. So now, um, aside from having your own characters, you also inherited several of Jim's characters, such as Dr. Teeth, the Swiss chef, and Wolf the dog, and many others. You know, for you get to being, you know, you know, Muppet characters, especially that Jim Henson was the one who originally you know, did those characters. You know, I know it's kind of big shoes for you to fill in. So, like, what was it kind of like a process, like for you? Can you do these characters? Uh, I at first I uh, I thought okay yeah I want to try this because I didn't know better right I thought maybe I can do this I felt like I again going back to the idea of voice right at that time because I don't know puppets that well and I'm learning and I'm thinking I think I can get vocally close to it. Uh, to Rolf or maybe the chef and whatever, but um, but it was more about what I learned quickly and realized I needed to do was to learn about the energy and and the um, the integrity of the character, right? Because I can I can never be the character; it's impossible. It's just impossible. It doesn't come from me. It didn't originate in me. So the best that I can do is an impersonation. Um, and if I can get close, okay, hopefully people like it and, and, it, and it works. But it just became about me watching everything I could of Rolf, if I'm working on Rolf, uh, the energy, right? And how he moves and how he responds, trying to figure out what made Jim do what he did with Rolf. Uh, so to me, it's all about that. It's about finding the energy and the spirit of somebody else's character and then trying to create, get to that level, which takes certainly a while. But then it's, after that, it's about, okay, well, they can't just always just be that. That's just a stereotype of, of a character. It has to grow in some way. So then you start to find ways that you feel doesn't hurt the integrity of the character in any way. And you can still kind of build on it a little at a time. Does this work for him? Is that, mm, that doesn't feel quite right, but maybe if we try this from this way, maybe that's a little better. So it was just about finding ways of, and then I guess you start to put a little bit of yourself in there. See yeah. if that takes it all, if any of that works. So with all of them, it's really just about that. It's about finding what that person's perspective and energy was, if you can. And I learned a lot about Jim and how he would perform from the other Muppet performers. Uh, they would, of course, talk about Jim and tell stories. Dave Gold said to me, you know, when, I, when Jim would do Dr. Teeth, he would be like this. His face, he actually... Chocolate, he was like this. You know, he would grin when he would do them. And uh, and so that helped me figure out because, you know, there's some vocal sounds. that Rolf sounds like Dr. Teeth. And Dr. You know, yeah, there's that right. growly. But Rolf is a little rounder. And he's, uh, you know, a little more round. Uh, a little playful. And then uh, Dr. Teeth is more gritty, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And and um, 
and when actually before I started doing Rolf and Dr. Teeth, nobody had been doing them. And there was, I, I, I was starting to do Muppet things and I realized I wasn't hearing the thing that I grew up with, which was Jim's growly characters, right? I, I was missing that sound in the group. And I thought, boy, I, I don't know, you know, that's, I don't know who's going to do that. And so when Muppets Tonight came along, I used, it was a, more of a tribute for Bobo. That's what I did with Bobo. I just thought this is kind of my tribute to a Jim voice. And so I just made Bobo a little more simple, you know, just kind of like this guy. What's going to, you know. And so that was, I think, maybe where people started to think maybe you should try Rolf, you know, or Dr. Teeth. It kind of, I guess, came out of that. Right. Uh, yeah. So Definitely. I don't even know what I answered. I don't know if I answered your question, if I just went on and made up my own new question. Perfectly. So and uh, and you know, for you for you for what you're doing with these characters and you're worth yes. you're doing such an amazing job. Especially and, and I know this you. was a question later on, but especially with the Muppets Mayhem. Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. Oh, yes. did you like it? Oh, oh yeah. Such it. an amazing series. I love it. Oh, Wonderful love it. show. Hey, oh. the yes, album. can I can I also say Dr. T, congrats on the album. A number one album of mine to you. Congratulations. That's right, yes, yes. Um yes. I, I do have to ask though, um, because for those who don't know, this album is absolutely amazing. The Electric Mayhem album. Certainly honored to have an Electric Mayhem album in my vinyl collection. Delicious, yeah. as Dr. Teeth would say. Um what it, it was a number one album on the kids charts earlier this year here in America. Yeah. How did you, how did you feel about that? That the electric mayhem not only has an album out, but it's a number one album on the kids charts, like on a billboard chart. What, what was going through your head when you found that out? Like that's gotta be like a huge honor to finally have an album out of the electric mayhem and, mm. uh, and it go, and it go number one. Yeah. And no, I, I, uh, I think we were all really surprised and I'm just really proud of all the people that it took to, to make that thing. You know, there's a lot of great composers and, and, and writers and the musicians and the vocalists. And it took a lot, you know, and uh, I think we hadn't, we didn't even think about that idea of winning an award for the album. It was really about the, the show right it came out of the show idea so we didn't expect that at all and so i think everybody was just blown away that it got that kind of reaction and uh and that people enjoyed the music i, I do i mean i think we got great covers amazing original songs came out of it um so yeah i i mean i'm surprised but i guess in a way i'm not because i really love the album myself and I think there is great music <laughs> on there. Um, Absolutely, yes. So I'm yes. glad you guys liked it. I, I'm glad. Oh, oh it's oh, it's amazing. Yes. The, the album, the album itself is amazing, but the show is incredible. By the way, congrats on your Emmy nominations. By the way, too. I <laughs> yes. mentioned that Muppets Mayhem is nominated for six Children and Family six. Emmys. Uh, six. Yeah. That's that's amazing in of itself. Not only wow. a number yeah. one album, but <laughs> six. Children and Family Emmy nominations. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely yes, amazing. Well, de you. well deserved, oh. too. Congrats to everybody on the show as well. But 
Yes. Uh, if you're listening on audio, what I'm holding up here is the Electric Mayhem album from Walt Disney Records. Not a paid advertisement, of course, but a terrific album. <laughs> uh, certainly, certainly very proud to have a copy of uh, Dr. T and the Electric Mayhem's album. Certainly a we, proud, proud for me. As a we even have, uh, did does it? I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed or not or had a chance, but I'm sure maybe you have. But you know, Ringo Starr plays drums on uh, one of the songs. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes, yes so did. that's pretty amazing. I wish I got yeah. to see that, but, uh, yeah. but that's pretty amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, not just to cite one person, but I just I think the album's great. And yes, we got some nominations. Yay. And I'm again really proud of the people that worked on the show. People worked very hard uh, to make it, and I I'm glad people liked it. I'm glad it got a great great response, and I hope we can do some more. And the human cast that you got to work with on the show too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 Taj right. and Taj. Everyone, yeah, everybody. I'll tell you yes. a funny story about Taj. So he's, I mean, not to take away from anybody else, but he's amazing. Right. So he he's so talented. Each take is different than the next, but equally as brilliant. I'm not just blowing smoke. He's really good. And so I know how good he is. So, I'm of course, I have to tease him and figure out a way to just mess with him a little bit. So he would be doing a we would a shot of him as a single of him right, doing his lines. And I would go stand next to the camera, just back a little bit from the camera. And he would do a line and they would call cut. And then I would just, he would look over at me and I would just go. And he'd go, Bill, what, what, what? No, no, nothing. It's just, I don't know. It just, uh, I don't know. And then I would leave. (laughs) (laughs) and then he would do another take and then i would come in from the other room just completely just just like what are you doing you know what are we (laughs) and he would go bill come on stop it man stop it (laughs) and so so finally at one point i said so you know what i just wanted to this is not on the set but like uh, you know at lunch i would say taj um i'm really excited i don't know if anybody's told you yet but uh, we're creating a CG face uh, that we're going to use for you that I think is really going to help a lot. Cause I mean, your body gestures are great, but it's your face that isn't working for us. And, uh, <laughs> and he was like, Oh, oh, okay. Okay, great. Thanks, Bill. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Really appreciate it. So every once in a while I would, I would do a really bad doodle of like a bad character of his face and I bring it to him and I'd say, here that we're working on, look how great this is coming along. You know, and I'd show him a version of <laughs> a really bad cartoon of him. And then finally at the very end, I drew a little more detailed. I don't I don't know, I couldn't show it to you. And I gave it to him. As I said, here it's finally we're done. Looks great. You know, thanks so much. I we're talking about uh, we're really I think we're gonna keep your voice um but you know we're gonna use this and so he put up with a lot um (laughs) he was so good he was so Uh, good so uh what was it like working on a kermit swamp years oh my gosh kermit swamp years what was it like it was hot we were in florida uh 
Jeez, I don't know. What can I tell you? I got to see my dad. He lives in Florida. <laughs> so I got to see my dad at the time. Um, honestly, I don't remember like any like stories in particular. It was fun. I was certainly with great people. Joey Mazzarino. I think that may have been the first time we worked together. Love Joey. Yeah. Joey, he's the best. Yeah, I think that was the first time we may have worked together, maybe. Uh, no, maybe not. But but for that period of time on one project, I think. Um, but it was fun. It was fun to do. Fun to try and do a couple new characters. Yeah, that was I think my, fa my favorite bit, sorry, I think my favorite thing was the rabbit that Steve did. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's like a yeah. song. Right. You know? He does like this kind of New Orleans rabbit or something. And yeah. That was a great number. I was just uh, quickly going to say, I love the uh, the character you did, Croker. I think he's just a wonderful character in that movie. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. He was a little bit of a high note, high brand, though, wasn't he? Yeah. He kind of mm -hmm. talked like this. Yeah, he was a tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, so in 2005, you directed a pilot for ABC called America's Next Muppet. Oh. Uh, could you could you uh, kind of talk about that? Uh, yeah, I don't think it worked. Ultimately, um, it was a little difficult, but it was fun to do because we brought in some real people, real puppeteers, and then we brought in some ringers. Uh, we had Leslie, uh, Bruce, uh, who else was it? Uh, somebody else. We had three ringers who pretended to be like they, you know, this was their first kind of, was it like, was it Grant? No, no, he Grant wasn't, he, was, he was in it, but he was not, he wasn't. All oh, right. Though. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Grant yeah. is Grant won actually but grant was uh, not yes. in a, on the joke but he no. he later he told me that he he was kind of confused because i think either he knew somebody in the company that knew leslie maybe hmm. i don't know it was some so he was like why are they here you know i think he was on to it a little bit but he just went with it which was great but he ended up winning which was amazing was awesome yes uh but it was fun because we really did try to create circumstances to see how people would react, excuse me, in the green room. You know, uh, Bruce was just this really egotistical guy who thought he was better than everybody else. And, oh, Julianne, how could I forget? Julianne Busher, she was the mm -hmm. other, and she was very religious, very emotional, you know, uh, but then we had the auditions and people would come in and really do an audition for Kermit and Piggy and Pepe, I guess it was. No, Gonzo, Pepe, and Piggy. Kermit was the host of it. Uh, and they would come, people come in and audition and they would critique them. Didn't really make sense. It kind of didn't work. Mm. Uh, my favorite part was probably that we had uh, David Arquette and Paul Rubens as a duo ventriloquist team mm -hmm. uh -huh. they were hysterical they were so funny because they were really bad at it and <laughs> and the muppets called them out you know they're saying you're not even moving the mouths right and paul was like what do you mean when, when when i'm 
when I'm talking, his mouth doesn't move, but he just got it all wrong. It was just terrible. It was so bad. Uh, it would, they, but it was great. And then we got real reactions from real people who were being, um, I think, you know, they felt like, like the Bruce character was rude and, you know, they were experiencing these real situations. So you got some of that too, which was fun. Uh, yeah. So that was that. Definitely. And you also got to work on uh, one of my favorite Muppet projects, the uh, 2011 movie with Jason Siegel and Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. What was it like getting to work with them? Oh, they were both great. Very nice. Very sweet. Uh, easy to work with. You know, I think they were, I think they had a good time too. Um, yeah, everybody on it was great. Chris Cooper was amazing to work with. Alan Arkin, I got to work with Alan Arkin, spend lunch with him, you know. But the people, we had all great puppeteers with us working on it. Um, it was just a fun shoot. We we Disney was completely behind it and you know, there was kind of no restrictions, it felt like. It was just, we were all in our bubble yeah. and making this thing that everybody was excited about and on board with. And so that makes it nice, you know, when you're not questioned about how are you going to do, you know, is this worth it? Is this going to, why are we investing in that? And so it was a great to have that experience of let's go make this thing, you know, and, uh, and so I think it, I think it came out good. I think it was fun. It was fun to do. I think it came out good. Yeah, and it was the first like major Muppet uh, thing in a couple of years. I think at that point. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. As far as a, a movie, yeah. I think we had oh, done yeah. specials, maybe, and uh, I think the last thing before that was Letters to Sansa or something like that. Oh, was it? Okay. Might yeah. have been. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, we had, we're doing some online stuff and oh yeah, right. Yeah, you know, uh, trying to keep them out there. But yeah, that it, that was kind of a big movie, like a theatrical release. Had been yes. in a while. Yeah, wonderful movie, and that was the debut of Walter too, which I love that character. Peter, oh yeah, job with yes. yeah. he's great. He um, they, you know, Walter <laughs> yeah, came out of a, a um an interesting kind of progress. Uh, uh, what's the word? Process. He had an interesting process getting to to that character, which I really you'll you'll hear if you talk to him. Oh, he's doing an amazing job with lips. Like, oh, oh yeah, gosh. He, oh yes, he's done. You have to hear that story that too. Character. How we got there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Will. He's amazing. <laughs> so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Quickly going back to the Macy's Parade, I know you uh, actually directed uh, the Muppets performance at the macy's parade because i know um you know sesame street's obviously done the parade for years and the muppets have uh, a couple times too so what was it like kind of getting to uh kind of help bring the muppets back for the parade after so many years oh uh well i i didn't think of it that way as bringing back but i guess it was just uh a fun to be able to be there and yeah I, i'd never done it before and to experience being in new york city and for thanksgiving and this historical thing and that we could actually have the band go play and you know i wanted to i i love that scene in um ferris bueller's day off yes, Martin yes. Matt got that right 
yeah. I I wanted to recreate that, and I think we kind of got there. You feel it, you know. There's a flavor of that there. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was fun to be able to do that. They they were open to that and and collaborative and got to let us do that. And then the pre stuff that we shot was fun to do. We shot that early, early in the morning and had to move quickly. So it was all about preparation. Right. Um, and just being ready and banging it out, knowing you only have this much time to get it. And we better get it because that's what we're getting. Uh, mm-hmm. So everybody came together and got real focused and got through it. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, something I'll never forget. Great time. Yeah, and that was also one of my favorite uh, kind of recent performances of the Electric Mayhem because I know uh, you oh, guys yes. got to do Twist and yes. Shout, which was yeah, yeah real fun because like all the marching bands I love that performance. joined along like later yes. in the song, which I thought yeah. was really special. <laughs> a homage well, to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But they were just right. To that go, was like, yeah. yeah that was the first Bueller's Day Off moment of yeah. mm-hmm. Twist and Shout yes. was that the band yeah. everybody joins in uh, the entire city. Oh yeah. So yeah worked out in that moment yeah yeah love it love it yes it's 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 wonderful so in 2017 and 2018 you had the pleasure of performing with the muppets at the hollywood bowl and the o2 the following summer what was it like not only performing in those huge buildings iconic mind you but just being you know the muppets live in front of an audience yeah it was unbelievable. I mean, I, I wish I had another word. Like, it was astounding, you know. Uh, yeah. And it it came out of what was an experience I can't, again, put words into, which was we did an Outside Lands concert at the Outside Lands yeah, Festival right. in yeah, San Francisco. Right. And they, that was live, right? That was the band playing... Uh, we did a 25 minute set because uh, that's all we could really last um, with some video pieces in between to give us a couple breaks. But when we first went out there, because we can't see the audience, right? We're behind these walls of our set and there's uh, our monitors. So we can only see what we see. When I first looked out before we went out, it was about maybe 300 people were out there, you know, and I was like, Oh, that's cool. And little did I know that people start coming from these other their stages all over Golden Gate Park. And they apparently kept coming. And what I found out was by the end, when we looked out, was that they gauged it to be about 30,000 people. Oh. 30,000 people came to see the band play. Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. You couldn't see. If you look at some photos, I wish I could show you some. But if you look around, there these aren't photoshopped photos. If you there's a picture out there of Floyd and Janice from behind, looking out to the crowd. That's real, and it's insane. Um, yeah. And so at that moment, I was just like, I can't believe this. This is unbelievable. And like to you're crying and so emotional, you know, uh, that people would come to this. And uh, so out of that came the idea of wanting to do the show about the Mayhem Band. But before that came, let's do a Muppet show. And and at the time, the Muppet Studios worked that out with the Hollywood Bowl and Kirk Thatcher and Soapbox Films, Andrew Williams. All these people came together and we created this show. And that was amazing because it was really 
a Muppet show live, right? It was like seeing the Muppet show, but in person. Uh, yeah. And I loved it. I had a ball. Bobby Moynihan was a great host to have with as a co-host. Um, the songs are great. We had a great choir join us, yes. you know, at the end. And it just was great. And, and there was a moment where Muppet Studios was concerned about people. They were like, how are we going to do this for the audience? Because you're going to see all the performers, right? And I kept saying, it's okay. Let's not hide behind people all get the... it. Yeah, we we can't yeah. we can't do the stuff that we really want to do to make this fun if we're behind a wall all the time. We need to run through and come in and go around. And so let's yeah. be in black and we'll be as inconspicuous as possible. And the people in the first, you know, 30 rows are gonna see us and they're probably gonna be interested of how we do yeah. it. So it was a little bit of how's it done. And then the big monitors are up. So people are watching there and they're watching there and they're watching, you know, they're seeing it. And I thought, let's just do it like a, like a show. Let's shoot it like a Muppet show with cameras so that yeah. we can perform and the people will see what it's like. And that's what we did. And it worked, I guess. And the O2 wanted to have us. And so we all flew to London and did it there. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Absolutely. So since we're running short on time, I quickly wanted to bring up uh, Louie on uh, Sesame Street, because I know you originated that character. Yeah. What was it like getting to do him for a couple of years? Uh, great, because I got to work with my buddy, Kevin. You know, that's uh, uh, he's the one who, who got me uh, into it, really. He wanted me to play the dad. It's my second time as his dad. Uh, right. right yes. I, was, I was the baby's dad on Dinosaurs <laughs> and now Elmo's dad. Um, and I wanted to do a little tribute to Louis Prima. I don't know if you guys know who Louis Prima is. If you get a chance, look him up. Uh, you may know him because you're Muppet fans. You may know him from a song that Jim lip synced to on Ed Sullivan. Oh, black magic has me in its spell. Oh, black magic that you weave so okay. well. Those icy fingers running up and down my spine. That was Louis Prima. And he's also the voice of King Louis. In Jungle Book, the animation, the Disney original yes, Disney cartoon. That's right. So that's Louis Prima, and I have a thing for Louis Prima and his life. Working on a some projects over the years, trying to develop something for him. Uh, but I just thought, you know, Louis would be from New Orleans, you know, just an easygoing kind of guy. And Kevin liked it, and uh, we just ended up doing it. And then uh, one of my favorite songs, if you guys have heard, Proud. Yeah, beautiful yes. song. Yeah, uh, love that song. Absolutely. We got to do that, and we did these videos for these the military families. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. and I got to work with Fran Brill. Fran was his wife. Oh, I love Fran. Uh, so she, you know, we had a great time. Yeah, um, and so it was great. And then uh, there was a point where I guess it was just too much to every time they wanted to use Louie that they would have to fly me to New York. Um, so I just said, well, can we, you know, find somebody to do this? And can I be a part of that? And, and Tyler is amazing. He can do anything. Yes. And uh, he, he just got it right away. You know, I, he just got the character. And so Tyler, thankfully, is doing Louie. So that's. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Oh, he's always great. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Why am I, why am I, <laughs> 
one of the things I remember that that um, when you originally uh, performed Louie, one of my uh, one of the Sesame videos that I remember watching a lot, um, growing up that you were involved with Sesame during that point was Almost Party Time. Party oh, Time, of course. Yes. Uh, Yes. Great video. So yeah. So this last question I'm about to ask, we usually ask to every guest. Of course, this podcast is called Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. When you think of nostalgia, what do you think of? Or in your own words, how do you define the word nostalgia? Uh well, if you're gonna try and make me cry. <laughs> family uh, to me nostalgia is family you know that's what i think of i think of when i was a kid and i think of all the great stories that i heard when i was a kid from my parents my and grandparents and their nostalgia you know i think it's something that is passed on if you're lucky enough to have a, a family that can share that and and memories i mean i guess that's right nostalgia is part of memories yeah so Absolutely. when I get nostalgic, I guess I tend to think of my family and, and, and extended family. I mean, my, my family isn't just blood. Um, right. I have lifelong family friends that are family. I have my Muppet family. Um, so, yeah, I guess to me, nostalgia is, is rooted in family. Absolutely agree. We're signed on. Well, Bill, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This was a blast, man. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I'm sorry. I think I rambled on and probably took up too much time for each question, but I hope it's okay. No, you're good. No, no it's, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Keep Don't in worry. touch. When... I will let you know when this uh, goes yes, up. And, it should and go and... up in a couple uh, weeks, like maybe couple two, weeks. weeks. Yeah, two, three, I think December 1st is we're planning to do second. that. So, um, yeah. So, yeah December 2nd, yeah, for... it'll go up. Okay. Yes. Well, I'll enjoy. let my... Uh, my brother, the archivist, now he loves to make sure it's oh, everything. So. Well, keep oh, in touch, great. Bill. I will let you know when yes, this yes. Uh, goes up. And, yes, uh, thank you, fellas. Of course, for, of course, you. for what you're, of course, for what you're doing is, and, you know, means a lot of what you do, are a big part of our lives. And keep up the great work for you doing. You're amazing for you doing. And keep up. Thank you. Know, you. Can I wait? What's, yes. what's next in store for you? Especially more Thanks. Muppets Mayhem. Hopefully, more yeah. with you know everything else. Hopefully, so. yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Working on it. We'll see what happens. Right. Enjoy the rest yeah. of your evening, uh, Bill. All right, guys. Take care. You too. You too Bill. Bye. Bye. It's goodbye from us as well, everybody. We absolutely enjoyed our time with Bill Beretta. Keep on the lookout for more wonderful interviews yes. coming your way. And his, and his social media and everything will be in the description down below. So you can, you can everyone, have a yes. follow. Yes. yes. Also, check out, also check out his show, The Beretta Brothers, that he does yes. for the Gene. It is a phenomenal mm -hmm. show. Yes. Uh, had a lot of uh, the album. Yes, and they've had a lot of wonderful yes. uh, Muppet guests on and um, human like celebrities that they've worked with in the Muppets on uh, the Beretta Brothers. So check that out. It's a good watch. Yes. You'll love it. Um, that was great. But again, great. keep on the lookout for more wonderful interviews coming your way. And as always, what do we say, Jake? Keep nostalgia alive. Take care, everyone. See you next time. See ya. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show interview. Be sure to follow Jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And as always, remember to keep nostalgia alive. Bye-bye.